0: Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Well, welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Uh, Before we get started, we want to offer our thanks to Purple Pain Forums for allowing us to post our podcast there. So if you're looking for an online forum for passionate Vikings fans, feel free to check out purplepainforums.com. We also want to give a shout out to Purple PTSD for giving us a chance to post our pod there as well. So be sure to check out purpleptsd.com as well. And today we have another guest, very special guest, uh, Christian Stoynev. And Kyle, I'm going to throw it over to you because I know that you and Christian have been talking a little bit. uh, And uh, yeah, give a chance to to introduce Christian here.
1: Sure. Yeah. So Christian's someone who um, I get to know a little bit. I put out a feeler on Twitter, I don't know, several months ago about... uh, new writers and and christian was one of the ones who reached out and has done a little bit of writing for ptsd and then sam and i have talked about having him on uh to the pod here for a little bit and finally getting around to it so christian uh thanks for coming on
2: yeah man thank you for having me um it's it's been awesome man ever since i got to know you like you said a few months ago i'm just look i'm such a vikings fan and with the, the way this season was going i was like I need to figure out a way that I can vent this out and exactly. get my thoughts out. With perfect opportunity, um, I think all of us Viking fans sometimes are on. Instead of saying in the same boat, we're on the same ship. That's yep. how I'm going to say it. And yep. so, you know, it's just this built up like hunger to win, and I think it's coming. I think it's coming. So we'll get to that right. after, later. But uh, thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to to chat other stuff and vikings obviously with you guys excellent
0: that's excellent. fantastic well we we try to keep things optimistic here and so it's good to hear <laughs> that you feel positive because i think that uh i don't know what it's fair to say in terms of percentage of fans that feel like that uh but we're gonna get to that in terms yeah, of it's
2: hard we're- it's hard i understand i feel you guys
0: <laughs> yeah that's right awesome well kyle i'm gonna throw it over to you again here the we're going to get yep. the first down here, and we're going to get to know a little bit about Christian here. So introduce the the premise of the game. We've done this once before. Uh, yep. Go for it.
1: Sure. So, we yeah, when we had Aaron and Henderson Henderson on, we, um, we played this game because Henderson uh, used to play linebacker with yep. the Jets and the Vikings, and it was fun to kind of play this game and get it as more of like a getting to know you um, in kind of a unique way. So I, I've basically stolen this game from uh, an online, like a YouTube channel but this dude actually interviews metal musicians and he pulls facts from their Wikipedia pages and uh, runs it by them. And so it's, it's this really unique style. Uh, in any case, we've, we've kind of uh, horribly stolen it here for, for our purposes. And basically, so uh, Christian, if, uh, if you don't know, is an acrobat by trade. And more specifically, he just told me a hand balancer. Someone who knows more about uh, this type of performing would say a hand balancer. And so we're going to hit Christian with five facts, four of which I took from his America's Got Talent wiki page uh, and basically see, is this true, is this false, or is this perhaps somewhere in the middle or something like that? Okay, so Sam, maybe you can um, kind of work our way through
0: here and and, and do a one-by-one kind of thing. Perfect. Sounds like a plan. So Christian? The America's Got Talent Wiki says that you, that both your parents have a background in the circus. And apparently you began performing in the circus at the age of six. True or false or partially true?
2: Partially true. So the only part that's not accurate is that I actually was five years old when I started performing. Even Um, Both of my parents did indeed perform in the circus uh, when, and that's actually how they met. Um, So I'm a fifth generation performer on my mom's side of the family. Um, So she's from Mexico. And um, so my Mexican family um, had a circus for years in Mexico. And my dad actually who's from Europe. He's Bulgarian. He was working with a group that actually got hired to go work at that show in Mexico. And then that's how he met my mom. And then obviously from there, then they got married and then, you know, they they had me.
1: Very cool. So I, okay. So five years old, what were you doing at five years old?
2: So my job was pretty simple. Um, I pretty much was, I would kind of stand on my dad's shoulders while he, so a ladder kind of has like, it's a ladder. People think of maybe a ladder as a triangle, let's say sometimes, yep. but yep. think of the, the ladders that just kind of lean a, a, onto a house kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yep. now if you remove it from the house, it's just kind of standing upright so my right. dad had that ladder and he would climb up the ladder, like upright while like moving it back and forth to keep it balanced. Mm-hmm. And then he thought it was a good idea to put me on his shoulders while he did that. <laughs> and so <laughs> that was my job. So well, I just stood there on top of my father while he awesome. climbed his ladder. And um, and yeah, I mean, I had a safety line, so that was good.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, did you ever fall?
2: Yeah, yeah I, I had, but... I had the safety line, so I okay. just kind of flew down slowly.
0: <laughs> okay, but,
2: uh, but yeah, that was my first, uh, my first experience performing. And then, I mean, growing up kind of within the circus community, I picked up juggling, I picked up unicycling, and I picked up like other, you know, known circus skills until I landed at hand balancing when I was 10.
0: Right. And
2: then I kind of stuck with that.
1: Well, Christian, you kind of, uh, kind of taken uh, the window to Sam sales there for number two.
2: Oh my that a bit.
0: <laughs> so so number two was that you
2: can ride a unicycle and oh, you've yeah.
0: conf, you've you've confirmed that this is true.
2: It's factual. It's been several years, but I feel like it's one of those things where like once you learn to ride a bike, you don't forget. So I'm pretty sure I could get on one and and still, uh, yeah, and still I, was gonna, I was gonna I was gonna ask motorcycle.
0: if if I know they said the saying is riding a bike, if it's the same, and I was wondering if that really works the same for a unicycle.
2: I'm pretty sure it does because when I wrote one a few years ago, I hadn't written one several years before that. So, yeah, I remember it stuck with me.
1: Would you have this is just totally unprompted, but like, um, I have no intentions of, of doing this and I have very poor balance. I don't think I'm nearly as athletic as you. Uh, but if I wanted to start unicycling, what's your best piece of advice?
2: So, Technically, I think you're supposed to learn to, it's called idle on the unicycle first, which is pretty much just go forward and back, forward and back. Yeah. Like not actually like turn the whole wheel forward, but literally just like, like, like the smallest bit. Like if you put like two feet of space on the floor, don't pass forward the two feet okay. or backward the two feet. Just go back and forth and just hold on to a wall. Like with your, okay. like with either hand, or if mm-hmm. you have like a hallway, Better yet, hold on to both, you know, one hand on each side of the hallway, hallway. And then once you learn to do that, then after that, then that's called idling. And once you learn to do that, then the other part's kind of the easier part because then that's mm-hmm. just keep pedaling and keeping up. And I mean, you won't, for the most part, people won't be able to do it like, on, like right away, but then you'll start yeah. like, you'll get like one rotation. You'll be like, all right, I got one rotation and then two and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. Amazing.
0: Okay. Sam, number there three. There it is. Um, I better see buy- this
2: progress in a month. I love it.
0: I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to buy a unicycle after this. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, number three, for a summer, you worked in a break dance group. True or false? Or partially?
2: True? I guess also partially true. I totally even forgot about this, but I was also a kid. I was probably like 12 at this time. And we were visiting my family in Mexico, and me and my little cousin, well, he's older than me, he's a year older than me we love this breakdowns troupe that was performing at my family's show. Mm -hmm. And they were all super cool with us. Like, you know, they were probably guys in their twenties and they were teaching us tricks. And then on the last show of the run that they had in Mexico city, um, they asked uh, like my grandpa and his grandpa, who were two of the three owners of the show, if they could put us in to learn a little skit that we had learned. So for one show, they let us and we had the same outfits as them. And I guess right. you, you can say it was kind of cute. And we like did our little thing. So that's, but that's all the breakdance experience I have. So don't, no, no high expectations there for me, please.
1: Okay. Okay. So I, um, man, I was reading that thing. Like, man, what can't this guy do? He's like, he's <laughs> breakdancing. He's been balance on his
0: finger. It's incredible. It's incredible. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Okay, so number four here, you've competed in America's Got Talent several times. You've also been on Italia's Got Talent, Britain's Got Talent, and Das Super Talent.
2: Yes. So a fact, fact, those are factual. So we have a running joke with my friends because I did America's Got Talent, um, you know, Britain's Got Talent. So we're like, all right, let's go to Cameroon so we can get C out of the way and get through the whole alphabet. (laughs) Yeah, right. Because I've done so many. Uh, right. but, uh, yeah, I mean, Hey, if they're inviting me, I'm like, I want to go, let's go on a trip. And absolutely, what do you know that that super talent is the German version and we ended up winning that show. So, mm-hmm. you know, you never know. So sometimes we were, we won that one and we were finalists on the France got talent and the, uh, Italy's got Talent one too. So, um, we've had good You're- success on the shows and it's good exposure. And obviously in this field, like the more exposure you get. Uh, with your performance, the better. Cause you, you know, you never know who's going to see you on TV and then it opens up a door for the next opportunity. So, um, sure. and especially now that I'm a little bit older and I'm engaged and I, I can travel with my fiance. It makes it so much sweeter. Cause you'll be like, yeah. Hey, you know, like, I mean, you uh, obviously like when, when I was in like France, I got engaged there cause we were there for France got talent, but I was able to use that as like why we're going. But in my head I right. was like, I'm going to propose while we're in France so it, it's excellent it works out yeah
1: it's tough to say no when you get proposed to in front of the eiffel tower right like
2: no, <laughs> i know it's right? never it's never happened to me oh, but you gotta think i know i wasn't even honestly i was just more nervous that she was gonna figure it out because right. i was kind of like oh no like everything needs to go according to the plan you know like in my head so, so christian
1: now. uh do you have any kids
2: no not yet hopefully will, hopefully in the future
1: will, Will you have the expectation, if, if someday you have a family, is there an expectation that uh, Christian Jr. is going to be an acrobat?
2: Not the expectation, um, mm-hmm. but definitely, like, open if, if, let's say, Christian Jr. is, like, wants to learn from me. But, sure. you know, there is a part where growing up into a circus, for me, the most difficult part was that I didn't really get to I'm not going to say do what I wanted, but I wanted to be, like, a, an athlete that either played basketball or football. Like, that mm-hmm. was actually, like, you know, like, well, I, I was that, like, 12-year-old that was playing basketball when it was snowing outside in an outdoor park. Like, I love the game of basketball, and I love the game of football. And yeah. I was always, like, you know, nudging the older guys, like, can you throw me a pass? And it's like, they're like, it's snowing, dude. And I'm like, it's fine. Like, I just want to yeah. play, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So, but because we were traveling, I didn't get a chance to go to a regular high school or really take part in team sports. And so that's something that I, obviously it's not like I regret it. Cause I didn't really have like, that's just what my parents were doing for a living. Like I didn't have a choice in that. Um, those were just the cards that I was dealt. With. But so I'm very aware of not, not trying to put something, p- putting, let's say my kid into a situation where they can totally pick what they want to do and I can mm-hmm. hopefully just be supportive. And I mean, but at the same time, I always say like, Hey, I'm not a parent yet. And maybe that'll change. Cause I can't, you know, sure. but like a lot of athlete parents, you know, like their expectation or it starts, you know, their kids starts following their footsteps. So sure, yeah, that is the, the, the plan, I guess, as of now, but I can't, you know, judge parents yet.
0: Yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess being a fifth generation, the, that, that possibility of a sixth generation is certainly there. there's a, a long history there, but um, mm-hmm. I think that's a very mm-hmm. balanced perspective there for, for you to have and to understand your your own experience and, and that.
2: Yeah, um,
0: neat. So I'm guessing, Kyle, you mentioned there's four facts that were from the wiki page, and there was one that wasn't, and I'm I'm guessing this is the one that wasn't. This, this and it's the one.
1: second. It's the second part that I really want to know
0: about. Confirm. Okay. Okay. So yep. Christian, last question of this section is yep. uh, true or false that you're a Vikings fan. Uh, and part two is the question of, is your dog also a Vikings fan?
2: So, true and true. Absolutely. Uh, and this is where maybe that parenting perspective will change because they don't have a choice. They better be Vikings fan. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: That's right, exactly. <laughs> um,
2: yes, absolutely. I'm a big-time Vikings fan. Um, really, when I was a kid, which is it's also funny, as I kind of de- started developing the love for sports... My teams are all over the place. So because we were traveling all the time, you know, at age, I don't know when I really, really locked in on sports, maybe like eight or 10 or something like that. It's not like I had a specific place that I called home. We just happened to be like traveling in New York. And I remember it was like the subway series in 2000 and it was like Mets Yankees. And I was like, all right, whoever wins is my team or whatever. And then I fell in love with the Yankees. So I became a Yankees fan, the Vikings had like Randy Moss, Culpepper doing his roll dance after the touchdown passes. So I just, I, I don't know what it was, Robert Smith. So I just ran like randomly gravitated to the Vikings and became a Vikings fan. And in basketball, Vince Carter was doing like the slam dunk contest and the Raptors like stunk back then, but mm-hmm. he was so cool. He became my favorite player. I fell in love with the Raptors, became a Raptors fan. So my teams are all over the place, but, um, Yeah, that love for the Vikings is strong.
0: Neat, excellent, neat, excellent. I don't know if Kyle mentioned it to you, but we're actually both from Canada, uh, and so we're uh, we're. Well, I can speak for myself. I don't know about Kyle. I know basketball is not either our first sports, but being Mm -hmm. in the the Toronto area ish for both of us, we're we're Mm -hmm. Raptors fans for sure. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I was aware Kyle was in Canada, but uh, yeah, man, I and drake's my favorite artist i should have been born oh America. okay yeah i'm a big 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 drake guy so um but uh yeah man i i cried when they won the championship so that's true I, that i'm waiting those tears are being saved up inside for the vikings so have you
1: have you gotten the chance to meet drake for your work
2: uh i've been at games that he's been at and wow. i try to make this a very as quickly as possible random story sure. i did meet drake but it was actually at his birthday party one time because I know a comedian named Michael Blackson. He came mm-hmm. to see us at a Clippers game, invited me to the Drake party. I wasn't really aware that it was actually the real Drake's party, but right. I was like, this might just be a party that, that just plays Drake songs, and I'm totally cool with that. But it was <laughs> yeah, sure. the real Drake's sure. party, and I showed up, and I was like, oh, my God, that's Drake. So then the funny part is I was like, hey, I got to shake his hand at some point tonight. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously then, you know, a couple orange juices later, I went up and so we were kind of in a group with Michael Blackson and Drake made a joke about Michael Blackson's pants. And I took that as the opportunity to do the cool dap up because you were funny and you made a good joke. Right. Right. It was kind of awkward for everyone in the group, but I embraced it. (laughs) And I was like, yo, good joke. And I just like gave him the handshake. And I was like, there it is. And then to wrap up the night, for some reason, again. Maybe I had another orange juice. I thought it was a good idea to thank Drake for having me at his party. So I walked up to Drake and I said, hey, thanks for the party, man. And, I shook again. and I, you could tell in his eyes, he's like, who is this guy? But sure. I, for me, I was like, I shook his hand. I'm good. Mission complete. Excellent. Yeah.
1: Well, if for folks who don't know, uh, Christian spends a lot of his time these days performing at NBA halftime shows. And that's why I, I kind of asked if if Christian maybe crossed paths with Drake. Because, of course, Drake attends yeah. a lot of NBA basketball games. And so I it thought it was plausible that uh, perhaps they would um, be hanging out there. And maybe, you know, Drake, if you're listening somewhere out there, give uh, give Christian a shout.
0: Yes. Wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind hanging out with you at some point.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. There yeah. you go.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, that's fantastic. Well, that was great. We, that's – we always uh, – like, I think that that – section that that type of quiz is a lot of fun so it's neat to hear a little bit more about (laughs) yeah get some confirmation on some of these facts Mm -hmm. Um, so let's switch over now to to the next stage and this is a little bit of a fill in the blank so certainly there's the ability to elaborate uh but we got three questions here and i guess to your the best of your ability maybe we'll i'll ask the question you kind of fill in the blank and then you can certainly give rationale for your answer And so let's do, let's, let's go like this. So the first one is um, Minnesota's decision to extend Kirk Cousins was blank.
2: How how would
0: you fill in the blank? Smart. Okay.
2: I, I I don't know if this is the moment where I need to elaborate on this, but please, please do. This is my thing with Kirk. I think Kirk is a higher than good quarterback who gets knocked for many times the defense actually messing it up. And at the same time, for a statistic that in a way – I don't want to say is irrelevant, but the whole like he doesn't show up in primetime games, Mm -hmm. like I just don't think that that – I mean, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I don't think it's that he gets – cold feet or nervous or whatever like maybe it was the coach getting nervous and not executing like calls and things like that like I just you look at the statistics uh, you look at I mean just the eye test to me you know people just it's like one of those players that people just want to pick on you know like the like the interception he had last year in Chicago when he throws it up like it's clearly a miscommunication that happens to Everyone, like the greats, have miscommunication sometimes. But when Kirk does it, it's like, it's embarrassing. It's like, oh, this is the guy they paid. And so sometimes I just, I'm not like a huge Kirk, like I'm going to always have his back type of guy. But I'm, I feel like I'm very realistic where I'm like, can we win a, a Super Bowl with Kirk? Absolutely. Will Kirk win us the Super Bowl? No. You know, that's where I'm like, no. Obviously, if you put him on a team that doesn't have weapons. I don't think he's going to do it on his own. He can't scramble out of the pocket like some of these other guys can. So, no, that's not his strength. But I think that, you know, you can win a championship with someone like that. Like, you know, it's I, – I I don't know. So, I'm – I defend Kirk when the Kirk hate comes to him. But at the same time – and especially when you guys – get when you got guys like – you know, they talk about the contract. The reason I think it's smart is because it gives the Vikings, more importantly, you know, it – it gives them that flexibility you know they're not tied down for years you know even Derek Carr just signed like a three-year deal for 120 mil you know which I don't think is a bad deal either in a sense because it's you know three-year deal like it's fine you can move off it the only thing I thought was weird there is that there's a no trade clause for him but good for him but yeah no I'm 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 on Kirk's side I think we can win with him
0: all right I, I think we, we certainly agree here so that's uh you're in good company. So, so that so extending him was smart. Next next yeah. one we'll go to, uh, and I'll frame it like this: We're going to be talking about the draft, and so you can fill in the blank either with a name or maybe it's a position. Um, mm-hmm. But in a couple of weeks, we got the draft. So it when the draft happens, the Vikings should look to draft blank. Derek Stingley
2: Jr. Okay, right, that's is. that's my favorite mm-hmm. I mean besides the fact that we need we need a corner and but also the LSU thing is hard to ignore that's just mm-hmm. really hard to ignore because there's mm-hmm. so many ties on this team with LSU um and I mean it's worked out for us big time with Jefferson obviously we have you know Pat Peterson there so um I just really think if the, the The hard part is with Dan- I don't know what dancer is. I don't yep, know what yep. dancer is and after a couple seasons with him, I still don't know what he is. He showed promise in his rookie year, then he kind of backed away, but then at the same time, what's hard is you know he got pretty much benched last year, and you don't know if that's just zim being stubborn like we don't know those things. Yep. It could have been Zim just being stubborn over whatever anything yep, so yep. it's hard to yep. tell um but I think um I think we need a corner, and, I mean, it's not the fancy pick, but the more offensive line that we can get, the more O-line help. I know we just got, I'm blanking on his name, the guy from the Colts that came over, which was a good pickup. Chris Reed. Yeah, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, I just think that that's the thing with Kirk, too. I mean, yes, he, you know he can not scramble, so why don't we help him out? For the last two offseasons, we've known that the offensive line needs help, and we have not addressed that part. Or when we've tried, it hasn't really worked. Derisaw is the only real, like, actual piece that seems to have worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that's a work in progress because he's, he's only a year into his career. But um, those are the two that I would like to see, um, to see them kind of. But Stingley Jr. is my favorite. If, we, if we're able to get him, I'll be pretty, pretty, pretty happy.
1: What do you think, maybe before Jam- or, uh, Sam jumps into that third point, The third fill in the blank. What do you think the chances are that Stingley actually falls to 12?
2: That's my fear. And then, but then I've also heard that, uh, what's McDuffie? Is that his name? Yeah,
1: Trent Trent McDuffie. Yep.
2: But I've heard that he's kind of a slot corner because of his size, a little bit smaller. Um, and so then that's where it's kind of tough because the Vikings just got the the kid from the Green Bay to come over. So Then I think they're gonna go in another direction. I think, I I think they're waiting to see if Stingley drops. If he doesn't, then they're gonna go in another direction. I don't think they're going O line, um, but they might get like an edge rusher or something like that. Um, at sure. that point.
1: All right, fair enough,
0: Sam. I for uh, I chose Sting, Stingley Junior as my pick last week when we were talking about it, as as the guy that mm-hmm. I'd love to see them draft too. So
1: who, I think be who did fun. I choose?
0: Uh, it was more of a kind of like we were predicting who would like who will they pick and i was kind of digging from the dreamer
1: side. i think i said said gardner i think i said that that ahmad gardner drops and uh so kind of a similar line of reason not the lsu connection obviously but like a high end quarter
2: prospect um well i it looks like gardner is a higher prospect that's why i don't i know i feel like if stanley doesn't drop then gardner is definitely not dropping but i would gladly take either one of those two guys um just and I think just having Pat Peterson back makes the world of a difference like for them to be able to learn from him I think is huge and I think in a way that's what you know obviously um I think that's what kind of failed them is that that COVID year they were starting two rookie corners Mm -hmm. and so It's almost like the bad habits, no one was there to help them. And even though we have a great safety in Harrison Smith, which I love, you know, that's different. That's a different position. I don't know how much they can get involved in what the corners are doing. So in that cornerback room, when you got all rookies, it's kind of one of those things where it's like you need someone to help fix the bad habits. Maybe that's what happened with Dancer, you know, Mm -hmm. and so – because I remember that first game during the COVID year, they played the Packers, and we're starting two corners against Aaron Rodgers, two rookie corners. So I was like, "This is a nightmare," and it was. Yeah, yep. yeah.
0: No, this is great. Uh, we're we're excited for the draft. Uh, it's coming up, which is which it's is. It's here. Great. It's
2: here in Vegas. There, I I can already see they've been setting up for it. So
0: awesome. Yeah. Neat. neat. Oh, we're looking forward to it. It'd be nice. To, it, right now is just the stage of predicting and hoping and. Uh, we'll have some clarity soon.
2: Yeah, I was going to real quick, I think we'll have a good idea if more likely Stingley Jr. drops if the quarterbacks go early.
1: Exactly. So I think like, because
2: I've seen some mock drafts where Malik Willis goes like to the Steelers later in the first round, but some have him going two to Detroit. So it's such a range. So I have no idea. But if if he goes two to Detroit, then I think people are going to kind of panic and jump up to get uh the pittsburgh quarterback um mm-hmm. and then that's what obviously then i think will help us be able to land our guy
1: all
0: right all right i like it okay finishing off this section here the best decision of the off season was blank
2: mm, that's a good good question um ah, I, I don't want to sound too harsh here but Moving on from Mike Zimmer. I, I, I just think that that I'll put it lightly, but I think that was the best decision. Because mm-hmm. I do think, and um, and so far I love what Crazy has done. Um, I, yeah. I've loved him as a GM. I think he's great the way he carries himself. But I really, really didn't feel like Spielman was that much of an issue. And I I, I mean we may disagree on this one, but if let's just say the Vikings win the Super Bowl th- this year, like the guys that made the difference are going to be Spielman guys. And so he does deserve some credit. Yes, he whiffed on uh, some draft picks, but everybody does, you know? And so, but the, to get value, he, he misses almost like in the early picks, but then he gets value in the late picks. Like Daniel Hunter, Eric Kendrick, I mean, Diggs became Jefferson. So I'm just saying all these guys that, are, are, that you look like, all right, if we win the Super Bowl – who would be the MVP? Okay, Kirk Cousins, he brought Kirk in. Uh, Dalvin Cook, drafted him. You know, um, Harrison Smith, we drafted him. Patrick Peterson, he brought him in. So I'm just saying all these guys um, are because of Spielman, which, again, I mean, hey, whatever went on behind closed doors, we don't know, so maybe it was time for him to, to go as well. And I'm okay mm-hmm. with it. I wasn't against that move. And like I said, mm-hmm. I really love quasi uh, so far. Um, but I thought the priority was – Cause for a while there they were like, Oh, they might get rid of Spielman or they might get rid of Zimmer. And I was like, I think that one's like not a coin flip. That one's pretty obvious. Like it's just, there's just not a, you could just tell the chemistry between the coach and the team wasn't really there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And they did a good job trying to hide it, but you could see mm-hmm. it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm surprised. Um, I mean, you might, you might end up being exactly right, or you may be exactly right with the Zim decision. Um, I thought for sure you were going to say Z'Darrius Smith. Um, just with him being the most notable free agent. But for sure. you, you might be exactly right. It, the, the coaching change might be the the best decision.
2: Well, because I just think I, – I do. i I'm very happy about that move as well. Obviously, what a plus sign for us and a negative on the Packers side, so I'm all for it. Exactly. Uh, it, like kill two birds with one stone that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, yep. But I just – I think if – you have the let's say the exact same team as last year but you plug in Zadarius Smith onto that roster i don't know that we go from 8 and 9 to 9 9 and 8 maybe maybe it gets us an extra win but i think and we don't know this yet but i'm saying we know that with Mike Zimmer we're an 8 and 9 football team with that roster and at mm-hmm. least me as a Vikings fan if at the beginning of last year someone was like they're going to go 8 and 9 i'd be like they better not my expectations were higher than that so that's where I'm like, if they are gonna meet their potential, that's where the letdown was 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 in my opinion the coaching staff. So that's where I think with uh, KLC with Kevin O'Connell here, I think uh, you know, I like I like our chances.
1: Yeah, well, Sam, do you maybe want to take that as our transition point then for expectations for this upcoming season?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I know you said that last year, kind of in that anticipation of the year, you thought this team was better than eight and nine. Um, yeah. so I know we're still early in the off season. There's still mm-hmm. things that can happen. A lot of the pieces I would say are in place. There's certainly some things that can happen with the draft and who knows, maybe there is another bigger signing, uh, or a trade, but with where the team's at now, and maybe even like projections of, of where they could go, what is your opinion on how things will end up for the Vikings
2: next season? All right. This is where we're going to get into it. All right. Here's the thing. As Vikings fans, we've been tortured and we've been, you know, beat up throughout the years. But I think one of the things that we can allow ourselves to do with this regime change here is also as fans change our mindset. Because we almost are too scared to put high expectations because we are fearful of the letdown and so like i said if last year before the season started someone asked me hey with this roster what are your expectations i would have said hey we're competing for the division with the packers for sure yep. and but you know it's kind of like i don't want to say that or i don't want to say like oh super bowl you know because i'm like uh we're probably not going to get there but for me i i just don't if we address the corner issue which we have the seven rounds of a draft about to come up. Like for me, that's the only real weak spot left on this football team. Um, You know, obviously depth, but even edge rusher, like, I mean, what, what about DJ Wanham? He's solid. I think like he's proven that he can play, you know, we have guys that can play. I think I, when I look back at the teams that have won the Super Bowl, um, maybe with the exception of the Chiefs, you know, but I'm like, how are we not competing or comparable roster build-wise to these teams? And if you want to say, like, well, or injury or whatever, let's not forget, the Rams lost Robert Woods, who could arguably at that point, for some, not from Cooper Cup, obviously had an MVP type year, but I'm saying, you know, could... uh, before the start of last season, people would have said Robert Woods is their best wide receiver. And they lost him for the year at, a, a couple of weeks into the season. And they still find a way. So, for me, I'm, done, I like, I'm not, like, setting the bar low because of fear that we're going to under underperform. I think this team can make the Super Bowl. I think this team can win the Super Bowl. I'm on that train. I, I think on offense – We don't have to say much on offense. We're stacked. The offense that we had last year, like, already was top 10, even with their struggles. So if that even improves, which to me, I'm like, what needs to improve is the defensive side of the football and getting Ed Donatel, a a different scheme, Zadarius Smith, um, bringing some guys back. That's what Patrick Peterson, uh, like I said, if we get a corner, I just don't, Again, I I don't see why, especially with the division getting weaker. I'm like, we better win the NFC North this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's no more excuses. And I know, like, it's like a first year coach, and maybe he has time. Like, it's like, all right, if this year isn't it, but I think you have a window right now. The NFC is not as strong. I mean, Russell Wilson's gone. You know, the top quarterbacks are in the AFC. So, for me, I'm like, no, we need to put our foot down, even as fans and expect more because we we were capable of it so that's my you could say optimistic view but also I'm I'm ready for it I'm like all right we need to set that uh set that attitude and that precedent that hey it's time to win here let's go so that's how I feel
1: so here's where I would uh in Christian to Christian's credit like his perspective seems to be aligned with the franchise's perspective the moves they made this offseason aren't the moves of a team that's looking to rebuild. The, these are moves for a team who thinks that they have a shot. Whether that's right or wrong, they're planning on taking a run at that Super Bowl, right? That's why they extended Kirk Cousins instead of getting rid of them. That's why they brought in Darius Smith and retained Daniel Hunter and all these moves. So very clearly, their expectation, their hope is to actually take a run at this thing. Now, whether or not they can do that is an entirely different matter. But the leadership is freaking going for it. And so there's something to be said for that. And that's actually one of the things uh, I appreciated about Spielman was the dude went for it. You know, Teddy Bridgewater got hurt, pulled off a big trade for Sam Bradford. Kirk Cousins was available. Frigg, he went for it. And you can say, you can look back and say, man, these are misguided decisions or whatever the case may be. But dude friggin' went for it. And I love that competitive spirit and that competitive demeanor. And I like that that is carried over a little bit in that the, the team's loading up. And, and, and right or wrong, 2022 season, they're, they're going to give this a go. Um, I think when I look at them right now, uh, I'm concerned about the defensive depth. If either Daniil Hunter or Zaria Smith get hurt, now, now I'm really worried, right? Because then you're, you've you been talking about corner, and I, I agree 100%. Um, but I'll be a little bit worried at edge if one of those top two go down. And so I'm a little nervous but cautiously optimistic but a little bit nervous and maybe some of what you've been saying about you've been burned so many times as a Vikings fan. It's just yeah. you know part of the equation right? But when I look at this team right now I say to myself 10 and 7 in a wild card spot. That that's that's why I end up saying to myself do you have them higher than 10 and 7? Do you think this is more like a 12 and 5 team NFC North?
2: Absolutely. I'm not okay. I'm not like that's where I want to change. I I'm with you because part of me is like, oh yeah, ten and seven. Because in my head, I want to, I want to get to twelve and be like, oh my god, what a season! You know, like exactly. feel really good about it and not just feel like, yeah, they better. Like you know, I I want to be excited. Mm-hmm. I think that's the same attitude. That's, I mean, and again, it's not like we really have a control over how good or bad the team's gonna be in our fandom. Know. But yeah. that's where I'm like, no, like our mindset, you know. Like, I, I agree with what you're saying. What happens if, um, you know, the nil Hunter goes down? And yeah. that's why I, I use the Rams as the example. Because you figure it out. That's what happens. If the Neil Hunter gets hurt, hey, crazy, trade time. Let's go. Robert mm-hmm. Wood hurt. They didn't have OBJ. You yep. know, and at the start of the season, and I'm just saying people emerge out of that. And that's why I'm like, I in my opinion, and I'm high, maybe I'm too high on them, but I've, What DJ Wanham has done, I've liked. Mm -hmm. I think given the opportunity, I I think he's going to be and is pretty solid. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, maybe that, I mean, obviously we hope we, you know, that Hunter stays healthy the whole season, but let's just say he's out. Okay, Wanham, let's go. Like you step up now and it's time to go and the next man up. And so, you know, I think in a way it's like if we, I mean, if the team starts making excuses like, oh, or so-and-so got hurt or whatever, like, you know, like I said, the Rams, he got, Robert Woods gets hurt. All right. They traded, got OBJ, and they made it happen. And OBJ, then he got hurt in the Super Bowl, which obviously at that point, I mean, it's fine. Like, they, they won. But I'm saying, even when they got OBJ, then he figured it out and fit right in. And he was playing great ball with them. So there's, there's a way. And that's why I'm like, that competitive fire that you're talking about. I feel like as fans, like we should have that too. And mm-hmm. then it's a chance for us to kind of embrace this change and yep. change with it as well. Like, and I think players coming in, um, like Zadarius Smith, who seems to be super excited to be a Viking and, um, you know, coming in. Uh, so I think Patrick Peterson coming back. And I think, that, you know, there's obviously a lot of, they're saying what they're supposed to say kind of to it as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, But I just yep. think that, you know, if, if a veteran like Patrick Peterson, who's made money in the league and obviously wants to get a ring, he's coming mm-hmm. back because I think he also – and he's kind of hinted at it in his interviews that it's – you know, the coaching wasn't – like there was something there. And I'm, I'm not saying – I don't think Mike Zimmer is a bad coach because we did have some success with him. But it's clear that there was just a disconnect there in that locker room. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, with a new head coach, a new GM, and I think just that change in attitude, it can revive these guys. And I think it can make a difference. So I'm, you know, like even the Harrison Phillips signing, I didn't know much about him, but, you know, watching him in his interview and how he spoke about unselfish ball. And I really, really like that. And I'm like, yeah, if these guys do that, you know, like they say in football, they're all going to eat, you know, and they're all going to like, get their opportunity and, and make it happen. And so that's why I'm I'm optimistic. And I also have high expectations because I do think that the everything is set in place. Oh. And like I said, with Kirk, I mean, the Eagles won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. You're telling me Kirk Cousins can't. And, like, who are the receivers on that team? You know, you're telling me their running back was better than Dalvin. You know, so I'm just like, no, like, we, we can do it.
1: All right. So Dalvin. maybe let's, Sam, let's um... – Let's get Christianetti here on this. Well, let's, um we won't necessarily get a Super Bowl prediction or anything like that, there's a long way to go. Mm-hmm. But let's do each each of the three of us uh, a record prediction. And then maybe late regular season or something like that, Christian will hit you up again to come on the show and uh, kind of revisit yeah. how the season went okay. and all that stuff. Um, but let's let's put it down right now pre-draft and maybe we could even revisit this and you know, post-draft and into the summer we can kind of tweak things if we need to. But Christian, we'll start with you, and then I'll go, and then Sam can be the last one. What's your record prediction for the 2022 season?
2: I think you nailed it. That's I think that's what I was thinking. But 12 and five. Okay, I, I'm right. I'm I'm 12 and five, and I also sorry I'm gonna rant on this for a second. There was a lot of games last year that we should have won. I was at the Cowboys game for Halloween. Oh man, <laughs> I was yeah. at that game, and yeah. but what happened? Like. That's what, that's what I'm saying. That's a nationally televised game, and it goes as a loss for Kirk Cousins. He, and he did not play that good. He didn't. No, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't. He was not good at all. But at the same time, he put them in position to win. It was just a crappy little field goal that gave them the lead, and they had the lead. That's when your defense comes in, shuts it down, game over. But that was a loss. And all these other games that they, you know, I mean, again, I know I ranted already on the Kirk thing, but I'm just saying, like, there were so many games last year. I felt like that he would put him in position to win the game, and then it goes the other way, and the defense gives it up at the end. So, anywho, yep. 12 and five.
1: Love it. He actually, this is, and this is to Christian's point, um, Cousins actually had four game winning drives last year. And you could say that he could have easily had um, a fifth in the Cincinnati game, but Dalvin Cook, fumbled. I was just going to say, yeah, he could have, he could have had a sixth the next week against Arizona, but there was a missed field goal. Uh, and then there was, you know, probably, a, you know, at least one or two others where the defense, um, you know, didn't hold up their end of the bargain. So you could have very easily had half a dozen or more game winning drives from your quarterback, which I think, you know, I, I, I could be critical of, of cousins, but you know, if, if you got a guy who's leading six game winning drives in a year, I mean, you can't, can't ask for much more than that. That's excellent.
2: Also I, just this point, the Steelers game, is another example of the offense comes out red hot. They get a huge lead games over. Right. Which I understand sometimes and that I'm not even faulting Mike Zimmer here because I think any coach like, sure, you try to score, but you're also like at that point with that big of a lead, you expect your defense to hold it down Mm -hmm. and you run the clock. Like, that's just like known, obviously not run three downs a drive, but yeah. you run on first, you run on second. If you got a third and five, let's throw it here and try to pick up the first. And I just think the, another thing that maybe comes into play is like, I don't know if this is how it works with football players, but it's like in basketball, if you have, you know, let's say Kevin Durant and they get off to a 20 point lead and they bench him with three minutes left. Cause they're like, all right, the game's over. So and then he cools down and then they bring him back in with him and be like, I expect you to be just as hot as you were when you gave us a 20 point lead. It's like, well, I just cooled down because we've been trying to run the clock. Mm-hmm. So those are things where I'm just like, that's on the defense. So I was very critical of the defense last year because I'm like, if the offense is putting up over 30 points, I know today's NFL is different, but I'm also like, I think people were like, just throw it to Jefferson. Like, that's how you're going to let the other team get back in the game. If you're just like, let's just throw it to Jefferson. And then it's a pick like, that's just, I, 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 mean, I just don't think that's traditionally, that's not the way football is played. You know, like you, you get your lead, you try to grow on that lead, but also you're trying to just hold the, hold the rock and try to milk milk the clock a little bit. So again, that's another one that I feel like put pressure on Kirk. And he did come back into the game pretty much. And threw the bomb, the KJ, so I'm just saying, like, in a way, I think that's twice as hard to go from, like, you know, let's play, like, a good tempo, be in a good vibe offense, and then let's slow it down. And then now let's push it, push on the gas again. It's like, well, I don't know. So yeah. it's different than being in a shootout like they were in the Cardinals game. You know, right. that's what I think.
1: Okay. Yeah, the psychology of it and, and kind of, yep, yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. So then put me down for... um Put me down for 10 and 7. That's what I was mentioning to you, Christian, before. Yep. I see what you're saying about 12 and 5. I see what you're saying about the adjustments and ways that um, you can kind of manage things better at the end of the game and overall like the game flow, especially when you have a lead. Like, I see it. I acknowledge it all is valid. I think it makes a lot of sense. I just wonder if with football you have an injury or two. I wonder if they have the depth in order to sustain things. Uh, but we'll see. So put me at 10 and 7 with the hope that you're getting healthy and you're getting hot at just the right time
0: mm-hmm. that,
1: that, as, as you get into the playoffs. So that, that's my prediction. Cool.
0: All right. Well, after hearing Christian talk, I'm like 17 and 0. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I, and I feel like it's boring to say like, just to find the middle ground because there is an easy uh, 11 and six here between the two of you. Yeah, uh, that's boring. Sam, don't do that. Yeah. Well, but you 10 and seven is like one of the most, I was
2: like, that's, that's yeah. safe too.
0: Yeah, uh, it is a safe
1: one.
2: Well, because who, who do you have winning the division, Kyle? We're getting a wild card. The Packers again?
1: I'll give it to the Packers again. Um, even though I could see a reasonable way that they really stumble. Um, but at the end of the day, they still have Aaron Rodgers. Yep. They still have Bakhtiari at left tackle. They still have Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. If they add one or two receivers and they have yep. draft capital, if, if, if there's one or two weapons there, and then I you know, Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, they're edge rushers. Right. Like there's talent. Jair Alexander was heard all last year. He's legit. Oh. You know what I mean? Like they've they've got legit talent over there. Darnell yeah, Savage uh, is
2: good.
1: Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So I won't be shocked. Devondre Campbell, their linebacker, he was brought back. So I won't be shocked if they end up being a solid team. Um so I'll I'll, I'll ten and seven wild card with the Packers winning the division
0: okay i i you know what i'll i'll join you christian i'll say 12 and five too and a division championship like yeah. it certainly isn't um a super Bowl but it would be a really I, like not i don't know it's hard to say that a season as is, is is a success without a super Bowl but mm-hmm. a, a championship uh division championship would certainly be i think a really big step for this team um, and they've they've tried to put themselves in a place to do that so I think uh, I think that's what we're hoping for. So, um, Christian, it's been so good to have you on. This has been great, and I like absolutely uh, would love to. Yeah, have no, you on again. I had
2: a I had a lot a lot of fun. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you guys want to add me to it, I'm I'm so down. I'd love Excellent. to. Excellent. At Vikings, or if it's after the draft, or whenever, anytime. But this is just uh, easier right now because you know with the basketball playoffs happening right now, like I'm getting on the red eye flight tonight for a game, so it's just like. It's always winding down though. So I'll get back to writing and back to doing some more, more work. Um, once the basketball slows down. Um, yeah. And I can just kind of hang out in the off season.
1: That's I love it. Great.
0: That sounds great. Well, Christian, I know Kyle referred to it a little bit earlier, but uh, any plugs you'd like to do in terms of where people can find your work, whether it's Vikings related or anything else that you want to maybe throw out into, uh, into the listeners ears.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you guys, obviously, when I'm writing on PTSD, you guys can find me on there. Uh, I'll be, you know, writing as much as I, I can, especially once the season starts, because then I kind of get into a routine where I can watch the games and, and mm-hmm. you know, football mode, and especially in the beginning of the season when there's no basketball going on yet. Um, as Kyle mentioned, during basketball, I'm kind of the busiest. But uh, yeah, I mean, on social media, I'm on there. Um, it's C-A-Stoinev is our social media and my last name is spelled S-T-O-I-N-E-V uh, but yeah you guys can keep up with us there a lot of traveling a lot of flying we're doing a Cavaliers game and then flying from there to San Francisco for a Warriors game so it's just yeah, excellent back and forth but uh, it's the fun time at least basketball wise is the playoffs we'll be in Minnesota yeah. soon for a playoff game there which I can't wait for because that series is going to be a lot of fun so yeah um, That's
0: excellent. That's really excellent.
2: I'm yeah. so super excited. So, yeah, if you follow us on social media, you'll get to kind of see where we're at all the time.
0: That's awesome. fantastic. Yeah, I know it was a big, big win for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I know that was – Yeah. Uh, that was uh, – I, I, I know that fans were almost getting mocked for how well they celebrated or how big they celebrated. Yeah. But when you haven't made the playoffs, I think it's since 2004, uh, you know what? What's it, crazy is
2: it, it – Actually, they made it in 2018 with the Jimmy Butler team. Oh. But I think with them, it's just that that team didn't feel like it, everyone kind of knew like they'd make it. And it was like, all right, like that's they barely scraped in in the last game of the season and they might be out in the first round for sure. With this team, obviously, they're the underdogs, but they have a fight to them that is like, hey, they might upset the Grizzlies. And that's why I think it's going to be a great, great series. And they and excellent Patrick Beverly, that energy and that like dog in them that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what the Vikings are gonna have this year. I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah. I'd be. I, I'm just saying, I'd be more surprised for my 12 and five prediction. I'd be more surprised if they're 11 and six than if they're 13 and four. That's how. Right. I, that's how optimistic and like I'm. I'm holding them to it. I'm like, let's go. It's time.
0: Okay. I love it. We, I, I need, love it. I love it. Need need uh, need more of this positivity in the the Vikings fan yeah, sphere. So. Again, Christian, thanks so much for listening. Hope listeners uh, enjoyed it. We certainly did. Uh, And that's all that matters to us. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's right. Uh, Take care, everyone. Have a good week. And uh, we'll be back again to talk some more Vikings. Take care, everyone.